In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. Indeed, found no proscenium, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, and welcome to episode 383. This week on the show, we're joined by Mark Simons, the co-founder of ad agency Giant Spoon, the agency that has put together some of the most buzzed about experiential marketing events of all time. We wanted to get a view of the field from inside the ad agencies, and there's no one better to do that than Mark. Now, over to what's on the site. This week, an all-new review rundown with four reviews, and by the time you hear this, there should be a few more items on the old call sheet for March. Uh, A couple of big ones, because uh, the Black Immersive Creators grant is now live, and I'll put them in the show notes, too, because we did do a whole episode about the Black Immersive Creators grant, and we want folks to go and apply. All right. Now... I know what some of you are thinking. Noah, a rundown, some call sheet updates, that's not so much this week. Why are you being so lazy? Well, depending on when you're listening to this, this weekend, the pre-sale for the next stage immersive summit, which is coming up in June, June 2nd through 4th, will have begun for those who had in-person badges in 2020 and 2022. I'm going to have plenty more to say about the summit lineup on the other side of the interview, including all our announced speakers so far. But right now, a big update on the state of the Patreon campaign. As you know, the target for the campaign originally was to hit $3,000 a month in pledges by March 15th, which was Wednesday. That was to stave off putting the newsletter behind a paywall and upending how we do membership which would have been a lot of work and will be a lot of work. Except last week I saw that a lot of the annual pledges were moving the number for the month up without moving the monthly up so much. Patreon, what do you know? So I made a deal here on the cast. If we hit $3,000 for this month in earnings, we'd punt any kind of shenanigans until June at the earliest, Also because it'll be easier for me to do anything like this in June. But hopefully never, because I don't want to do it. It's complicated. And then Wednesday came, and we came up $6 short. Which is really close. So I'm extending the deadline until the end of this month. Setting the goal for $3,000 a month. So we're back to $3,000 a month. Or for earning $3,500 this month, thanks to the annuals. That should balance it out. But here's the good news. As of this recording, and as of telling people on the internet today, we are at $2,903 a month in pledges. So we're less than $100 a month away from hitting the 3k a month goal. And we're $380 a month from the earnings goal. So if we get a bunch of annual annuals in, we, we might clear that without clearing the month. This is enough to make the difference, one more push should do it. 
and I hope to all that is good that I don't have to do this shilling bit next week and that we can put this part behind us and not do another big campaign until after the summit, the summit, which we're going to talk about after the interview. But we have a lot of people to thank this week, so let's get to it. First up, Kashmira Loren, Michael Lays, Mitchell Yawitz, Adele Lynn, Adal Rafai, Ashitash 12, Michaela Bokley, Juliet Bennett, Marley Delia, Rubiette, Josh Sugarman, and a new sustaining backer, Lecker Lacool. I also want to thank those who have upped their pledges, Jerome Kipper, Abel Horwitz, Terrence LeClaire, and Arthur Gilliard, and the one and only Catherine Yu, who long-term listeners might remember I had to talk out of being a backer back when she was editing the site. But now she's at a big-time game studio, so hey, it's, it's all cool again. Thank you. Thank you all. My landlord and the very foolish banks who financed this mad dream for the past decade, thank you from the bottom of their unsecured deposits. Remember, as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash guarantees you access to the newsletter and keeps making all of our coverage pop possible. If you're already a backer, drop a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and share the articles you find useful on your social media platform of choice. It helps immensely. We are always no proscenium, except on Insta where we are no underscore proscenium. And as always, big thanks to our current sustaining backers, Samuel Mustry, Chris Woolman, Samantha Davison, Eric Shamlin, Elaine, Daryl, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentis, Tom Leonetti McGuire, Winthorne, Ryan, David Bassick, Richard Ayers, Lonnie Hanson, the Ministry of Peculiarities, and Jan Budman. And again, shout out to Lecker LeCool, our latest. And uh, that's that's the that's the run of everybody. Thank you all so much. Like we're so we're so close to doing it. <laughs> it's 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 kind of amazing. Um, and of course. If you are making a show, if you're doing something that uh, that, that the, the listeners of the show would be really interested in, hit me up at Noah at NoPersinium.com. Uh, whether you want to offer something up to the Patreon backers to, to make the fact that they're backing us uh, you know, even more valuable, that's a wonderful thing to do. Or if you want to do some formal sponsorship, uh, would love to talk about that as well. All right. Ah, the sirens that I can hear, maybe you can hear, <laughs> tell me it's time for us to do the interview. And I'll be back to talk about this year's summit. Mark Simons is the co-founder of Giant Spoon, a full-service ad agency recently named number one most innovative advertising agency in the world by Fast Company. And if you look at their website, you'll see the meta tag is the agency that stirs shit up. Listeners here at NoPro likely know them from one of the countless activations from Westworld to The Last of Us that they have coordinated over the years. Mark, thanks for being on the show today. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thanks, Noah. Yeah. Um... So right now, as we record this, and I just noticed this last week, I can see you're hiring a bunch of positions in experiential. It's even at the bottom of your your website. Is is this field really blowing up? You're a, you're a full ad agency. Is experiential like a big growth factor right now? 
Yeah, uh, we we are we're first we're we're definitely a full ad agency. We do uh, media strategy, creative, uh, and certainly experiential as well. Uh, experiential is is blooming for sure. We're we're seeing sort of like this post COVID resurgence that's that's happening, uh, and I think clients are seeing a lot of value come out of it as well. So they keep doubling down on it. But but yeah, uh, there are a number of jobs open. Uh, Giantspoon.com if you want to check them out uh, and apply. Um, but yeah, we are we're, we're certainly in a in a bit of a hiring uh, phase at the moment for sure. You mentioned because this is the thing I'm fascinated by, and, and indeed the the not so secret agenda why I brought you here today, which is wondering why are clients so into this? What is it that they're getting out of it? Like fans know what they get out of it; it's fun, but yeah. these are not inexpensive things to do. So what's the value that clients are seeing from doing this kind of experiential work? Yeah, I think there's a couple of different factors. Uh, and there's, there's considerations that they have to take because you're right, they're, they're, not, they're not inexpensive. Uh, and sometimes they also are not going to get you the largest foot traffic, uh, especially if you're only doing something as maybe a stunt that is going to happen for a couple of days at South by Southwest and then it's, it's gone. Uh, but the idea that it is a stunt, there's a consideration there that you're going to get attention for it. And the attention is going to be beyond maybe the couple thousand people that can actually go through that experience, but it's going to be maybe the thousands or millions of people who might see it because of all the fans who are going to go through that experience and share it on social. There's the press coverage that's going to hopefully happen from the thing that you do. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that clients can look at this after everything's been said and done and say, the value of this was there because we saw this amount of press. We got this amount of attention. We got a lot of people talking about something for a moment in time that created uh, a buzz. Uh, and that's what you know clients are looking for. And, and they want to make sure that they can tell a story and that they can uh, get people to understand something about their brand or the IP. And the experiential world is a, is a right place for you to do that, that sort of work, uh, to tell stories. Uh, and to get people to really experience a, a brand. But then there's that after effect of like, can we also get some attention for this this thing that we did? Yeah, I, I mean, I keep wondering, I remember years ago having conversations with folks as they were pitching experiential. Like there was a cat I knew who was like, and this, you know, this is like seven, eight years ago, right? So it's pretty early on the cycle. Yeah. And and they got some pushback uh, for, and they was like, well, look, I can just buy impressions right. on Instagram, yeah. right? Like, and, and there is that, I mean, as an ad agency, you see both sides of it. You, there's, there's the paid totally. impressions yeah. and then there's these earned. So maybe walk us through some of the dynamics there about like how those are valued. Yeah. Are they valued differently? So, are they valued the same or? Definitely differently. Definitely differently. You're, and they're absolutely right. You can buy impressions, but you cannot make an impact. Um, not, not to the degree that you can with something like an experiential activation or a stunt or something that gets people actually talking. You can run an ad on Instagram and it's going to get you the impression and that, that can be valued a certain way. But to really tell a story and really get people to understand the brand or to, to, to talk about the brand, odds are they're not talking about your brand after they saw an ad on Instagram. It's, it's a hard thing to, to make that jump. So there's, there's an impact value that's really hard to value to actually put a number on it. But it, it can certainly absolutely be more valuable than just buying an impression that's out there. And we, we certainly we work on both sides of that equation. And the, the key in it is, is finding the balance. What's the right mix in, in how we, we bring clients to life? 
So we do a number of Instagram buys. We, we do that for a lot of different clients. Um, but what we like to do is talk about how the work that we can do maybe on experiential or creating a stunt or a big moment for that brand that gets people talking fills up the upper funnel of, of marketing where we can get people talking and understanding and, and, and thinking about the brand. And then as they go through the funnel, there, there are points where we can reach them again and we can hit them with an impression. Um, we can hit them with an ad on Instagram or a Google search ad or whatever it might be as they go further down closer to the purchase. Um, so there's, there's a bit of like figuring out in the, if you step back from all of it as an ad agency, that's helping a client guide them through that, uh, trying to find the right balance of, of how that works and where, where to spend the money and what, you know, in the phase of your product launch, where should you be spending more of it? There, there's a lot of different levers to pull as you get into it. With the experiential stuff, are the clients asking for this more now, or is it still something that you're, you're talking them into like i i've i've never been in a room when someone yeah. when the topic's gotten broached and i'm and I'm also kind of wondering if it's changed you know in the particularly in the past couple of years as we went yeah. through pandemic and are coming back out of yeah i think and if we i guess rewind back to like 2017 2018 i i don't know exactly what it was but i also think it was more of a it was a generational trigger in this that mm. uh Fans of a certain age were looking for experiences. They they valued experiences. They would spend money to take trips or go to a restaurant, like versus a maybe a material thing. Uh, so I think there was there was something driving this at the very beginning that brought people to wanting to spend time doing something that was special. Uh, so I think that's where it started, and it's kind of carried through, and it's impacted our business because we're seeing that like if that's what people want to do, we can give them that. And we would start pitching a lot of different experiential type ideas. I don't even think we knew that it was experiential that we were we were pitching when we were first doing it. But the idea that we were going to be bringing to brand bringing a brand like uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine to life at Comic Con, I think that was twenty seventeen, but bringing it to life in a way that I don't think anyone was really thinking about. Really building that world, uh, looking at at what Los Angeles in twenty forty nine was like, and saying we're going to go build that and put it in a tent and put it in a parking lot in San Diego and make people feel that and go through that experience. And I, I think like that it was right moment, right place that helped us get a few more clients to start paying attention to that. And it, it started, started a bit of a snowball where as we were doing bigger and bigger work, more clients were paying attention and then the trades really started to pay attention. So the press in our mm -hmm. industry, uh, the ad weeks and the ad ages, uh, they were paying attention to this to this type of work in a way that I don't think they had been before either, uh, which was great because we were like, great, let's get if we can get more attention for this kind of work, we can do more of this kind of work because we really like it. Uh, so I think there was a bit of like that that chamber that we created where people were talking about it and paying attention to it and understanding that it could actually create uh, a real moment value for clients where if people could talk about the thing we're doing, they're going to talk about the thing that we want them to go and watch or buy or see uh, as well. So yeah, it all came together. This kind of work has been picking up steam since that 2017 era um, and just sort of was building, building. And then, you know, yeah. 2020 happened and kind of kneecapped a lot of stuff. But I'm, I'm wondering, are, are the audiences who are, are coming through this kind of work, are they, are they getting savvier are they maybe even getting a little mm. jaded because they've like, you know, are they coming to expect 
to be pampered yeah. when they come to something. What are you seeing out there? I not so much jaded or or have an expectation, but they've de- they're they're more experienced. They've seen uh, what can be done, and they I think they have an expectation, but it's it's they're eager to 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 sort of feel something, and they're. Uh, they're excited that they get to experience things that brands are creating for them. So I don't think there's like a jaded factor into it just just yet. Uh, but we definitely have to step up our, our game, all of us do. And it's it's something which we're excited to do. Um, and as as I think those expectations rise, it'll, it'll make even the work better. Uh, we the folks who are going through our experiences, I think, ha- maybe even have a sense of like what kind of work we can do as well. So there, there is maybe another sort of layer to that where we, we have a little bit of extra pressure to, to make sure that we can just keep topping ourselves. Um, but that's what makes it fun, for sure. I want to give you a chance to lay out something that you laid out you know, before we turned the, the recorder on, which is how you work with, with, with the talent and, and some of the folks sure. who are, are, are executing creative for and with you guys, just, just to give that, yeah. that full holistic sense sure. of how one of these comes together. I guess that's the thing. Like, yeah, take definitely. us take us through yeah, yeah, something coming together. That'd be a great way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So uh, let's use a, a movie studio as an example, just just for hypothetical. So a movie studio will reach out to us and tell us that they have a title coming out and it's a great property. Maybe this is the sequel or or whatever it might be. But like, there's there's a title that's coming out and it's around the same timing as this event or that event. So maybe it's it's uh, South by Southwest. Uh, which is coming up very soon. Uh, and we will be dropped we'll on off. the Friday of South by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they'll give us more time than that, but yeah, they, they, they'll say, uh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> but they'll say this is it, the, the right timing makes sense for us to show up at South by Southwest with something. Uh, we're, we're eager to see what you all can come up with. Uh, sometimes they'll tell us we want to do an activation, some sort of experiential activation at South by Southwest. Many times though, what they'll do is they'll say it's, blue sky, come up with ideas. Uh, we're, we're a movie studio. We need to make sure that people watch the thing that we're going to debut and they need to do it within the first week or two, or they need to stream it within the first week or two uh, to make sure that it gets the traction that we, we think it deserves. Uh, so let's, we have to get a lot of attention. So usually that helps us to say, all right, we need, we need some sort of stunt. It could be an activation. It could be an experiential activation that shows up. It could be something just completely off the wall crazy that we've been dying to pitch and looking for the right client to pitch it to. Finally, we're going to pitch this idea to, to this client and, and see if we can get some attention for it. But it is about that. It's about getting attention. So we'll go off and we'll come up with ideas. Uh, we have, we're, we're a full stack agency. So we have creative teams, art directors, copywriters, creative directors, designers, strategists uh, who can come together. And we can start to think of like, what are going to be the ideas that will resonate with an audience that are going to get people to understand this property? They're going to be able to uh, really get excited about seeing this new movie that's going to be coming out. Uh, and we'll, we'll go through a few rounds back and forth with the client. We'll come up with some thought starters. We'll, we'll present those to the client. They'll give us feedback. We'll narrow it down, but then take the concepts a little bit further and we'll we'll get to a point where we're really deciding like between one or two concepts with a with a client. All the while, we might also be pitching against other agencies too. So that's a that's another factor to consider. Um, many times, that's it's sort of a a, a jump ball for for other agencies uh, to get in the mix as well. 
So uh, we will, you know, hopefully come out victorious there, and we'll we'll get the assignment to to work on this piece of business uh, and bring this idea to life. So say the idea was to bring uh, an experiential activation, some sort of physical footprint to to South by Southwest. Uh, we'll probably have done it sort of in the in the weeks prior to being awarded that that work, but we'll start working with our 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 partners, our our vendors. Uh, so as an agency, we are. We're sort of think of us as like the general contractor and the design and the architectural designers. We can come up with the idea, show you what it's going to look like, every nut and bolt. We're also going to be the GC on the job that is bringing in subcontractors uh, to bring everybody together, and the 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 team, quote unquote, will start to balloon up a bit because we'll need to bring in fabricators, we'll need to bring in casting directors if if that's what the idea calls for, uh, security teams, brand ambassadors. Uh, sound, lighting, tech, like there's a lot of different, and our industry is pretty robust in that those are all different companies out there who work with other agencies and other brands who are ready for that, that on call. So they'll, they'll, we'll, we'll even potentially bid out that work to multiple partners and, and look at, you know, what can, what, what, what price can you do this for? Or like, what's, what's your idea for how this piece of the pie comes to life and, and start to build up, okay, here's how everything looks. Uh, here are all the line items of the budget. Here's the full schedule of what, what everything's going to take. And we can plug in those different vendors, uh, as it were, to, to do their part. But we're ultimately the, the sort of creative force that's bringing that idea to life, the idea that we, we came up with. Uh, we're ultimately the ones who are responsible for, for how that comes to life on the ground, uh, for the safety, the security, the success of, of that activation. Uh, and for the results as, as we go back to the clients. And we're, we become uh, essentially the, 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 the agency in the middle between the clients who are the ones who are ultimately paying for all this, this great work to happen and everyone who might be working on that piece of business. A lot of our team will stay all the way through that. We've got producers that will go and help us to, to produce everything creatives and designers that will help make sure that everything comes to life the right way. But then there are those other sort of jobs that we might say, hey, we've worked with this company or that company over years. Let's bring them in uh, and work with them on, on this activation. Uh, and they, they do something special that we don't need every single day, but for this activation and maybe one more this year, we might really need to work with them. So it is a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an orchestra that, that we have to conduct. Uh, but when it's all brought together, it's, it's pretty powerful. There's some pretty cool stuff that we've been able to do. When something's targeted for like South by or SDCC, San Diego comic-con for those who don't talk nerd, um, how, how much of a lead time do you, do you tend to have? (laughs) And maybe also on the side, what's the fastest you've turned one of these things around? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some for reals, uh, for, Beautiful. for Westworlds, we built South by Southwest Westworld. Uh, this was 2018. We had, we had, thank you. We had, uh, not, almost nine months to, to build, to concept and build and bring that to life. That was a big build, uh, where lots of moving parts, lots of never been done before, lots, lots of things to figure out. Nine months would be ideal in every scenario if we could get that amount of time. And I think even that felt a little rushed at the end, um, but as, as any live production does. But uh, nine months would be, would be fantastic, especially for a certain level of, of build. That is, uh, that is what you need. Um, we will probably more regularly get between four to six months. 
uh, four is tight. Uh, six months is probably like the sweet spot where like it's tight, but I think we can pull it off. And also, again, depends on the the size and scale and unique challenges that might come along with the idea uh, or the setting. Um, we've done stuff very quickly. I don't even want to divulge how quickly. <laughs> yeah, you don't want you don't want the clients knowing. Clients. Yeah, yeah. But you did yes, what? How fast? Oh, and why are you doing the fast for us? Yeah, we we can do it quickly, but but there is like uh, you can have something be done. Cheap, fast, or good, uh, mm-hmm. but not all three. You can only pick two of those things. Um, so it's it's something where clients really do need to consider those three things and understand like where am I giving up because of you know if it's a lower budget or a faster timeline. There's there's going to be some some give and take when it comes down to like what you're going to actually get. How does this fit into the full stack ecosystem? Um, not not from a, a creative point of view, but thinking in terms of you know all the other types of ad buys that are possible, or sure. or the other types of other types of marketing that that get involved. Where where does experiential sit in in the firmament? Yeah, so I guess think of I'll, I'll talk a little bit about maybe the business model of our agency and how it fits in too. So we're I I, I like to think of it like we have three legs to this stool. The, the first leg, and it's usually the first place that clients start with us, is strategy. Uh, your marketing strategy, how you're going to launch your products, what the message is going to be, uh, who you're trying to reach. The really st- strategic questions is one service area of our business. That usually leads to two other areas, um, sometimes both, sometimes just one of them. But uh, there there's, there's the area of sort of I don't want to say traditional advertising, but advertising where it's campaigns, it's TV spots and billboards and banner ads and all the things that you know of when you think advertising sort of the, with a big A. Um, advertising in one sense can can sometimes be traditional, but there's definitely there's there's innovative ways, obviously, to, to bring that to life as well. But there's there's advertising. Then the third leg uh, would be content and experiences, this sort of other area inside of the marketing sort of ecosystem where it's bringing brands to life uh, that uh, feel different and they're not necessarily, here's a message that we're gonna hit hit a certain audience with and, and explain to them what our product is. It is creating content, telling long form stories, creating experiences where people can really feel and experience and can have maybe a deeper, more meaningful connection uh, with that brand. Uh, they can really understand that brand, and it's it's a it's a different thing to try to measure as I talked about earlier too, because you can measure the advertising campaign pretty pretty finitely. You can say it was worth this, and this is what it got got us. But for content and experiences, that is a that's an area where it's harder to measure the impact of it um, and to know going into it that like this content that we're going to create is going to create. Uh, this sort of return for us. Uh, the same thing with experiential. So we bucket experiences and content sort of together. They're, they're sort of partners in that sense. Uh, and it, it tracks back to something that we've been talking about as an agency that we exist to expand the way that people experience brands. Uh, certainly campaigns and traditional looking ad advertising and ad-like objects is, is one way that you can experience a brand. But we like to think about like, what's the campaign verse that we can create? There's the campaign, but then there's like the universe around it, the multiverse around it, where it's the content, it's the experiences, it's 
can we create a magazine around this brand? Can we uh, bring this brand to life at San Diego Comic-Con? Uh, can we, you know, like it's just sort of like the, the open side of, of how a brand actually can come to life. And that's where you can get really creative and start to come up, play around with different media, play around with different ways that, you know, traditionally brands have only done this, but like, what if a brand came in and did this? Like that sort of is a, is a good jumping off point for how we like to think of things. And experiential fits there, um, where I think if you think of like event marketing, event marketing is probably in the advertising bucket. It is it is the uh, showing up at uh, the college football games and sampling your product. That's that's sort of a traditional way it's been done before event marketing approach to, to things. And you can certainly measure that and the impact that that has. If you're looking to sample, you want to get liquid to lips. Uh, that's that's one thing, but experiential is is an elevation of that. That is, you got to measure it differently, and you have to think about it more in terms of what kind of impact it's really going to make. Has the field a couple more questions? Because uh, I know I got to let you go soon, but ha, ha, we've we've touched on this a couple of times. You know, difficult to measure. Uh, you know, almost even difficult to talk about how this stuff is valued. Are is there kind of internal debate in the field or? or sort of a, a movement towards some kind of lingua franca around measuring the impact? Anything of that nature? Certainly more questions around it, because it is it gets to be a pretty sizable piece of the budget sometimes for clients. Uh, so it's sometimes it's it's maybe like, what data can we collect? If anyone's coming mm-hmm. through this experience, what can what can we ask from them? Uh, simple email addresses, sure. But like, well, can we go any deeper? Uh, is there a way that we can actually use this to generate leads for us if, if we're a brand that's interested in that as a, as a, as a, uh, a return? Um, so it's, it, I think it's starting to become something where clients would like to see that there could be more moments to measure or, or data collected or whatever it might be so that they can at least go back to whoever needs to approve the budget to say, this is what right. we're going to be getting for this beyond sure the pr value and the the sort of intangibles that come along with this so definitely more questions and we what we like to do is we'll say yes we can do that but let's think about how to do that in a way that's not too disruptive to the experience um if you're asking people to fill out a form I mean, before the experience <laughs> is is there any way we could do that so it feels like it's part of the experience and that's a, that's a fun challenge too so we've, we've come yeah. up with ways to, to do that um, but if you're if you're asking people to go through an experience and there are sort of these like jarring moments that bring them out of out of the moment, it's it's not gonna it's, you're not gonna have quite the same impact that you would have if you sort of like just let them go through it. Um, but you know we've we've done things where uh, at Westworld uh, we were people people could take photos, but we also had a photographer roaming around. And if you wanted the the photo of you at the saloon wearing sort of the the Western garb, then uh, you would simply just enter your your email address here, and then we would hit you afterwards with an email that had your photo, but also had a lot of links to you know what's what's coming up in this season, so you could talk about it and share it. So there's like there's ways that we can start to integrate that, uh, but it's it's certainly still not not quite quite there. I think there still needs to be a bit of uh, trust from a client that like the thing that we're going to do with you all is going to get you an impact that is not. Uh, not fully measured, unfortunately. I almost hate to drop this next question as we're coming to the close of our time, but I keep on wondering how 
the, the sort of the the change into a more algorithmically driven social media ecosystem, Doc and TikTok, um, and yeah. then everyone following what they're doing, how that might be impacting obviously it's impact advertising as a whole, but how do you see that yeah. impacting experiential? Because so much of it before was that organic, like my friend is doing what and where. And, and, and that was when we were in the social graph era. And now that we're exiting that, do you see the dynamics changing? Does this mean more influencer based things? Because that's what algorithm is driving us towards. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think, what we maybe the, the slight impact that I've seen here is that, and this this had started before TikTok really took hold too. But more of a as we're thinking of experiential, let's absolutely make sure that we're thinking about the influencer experience at our activation, and that that has that has become something that has has uh, climbed a few bullet points up on the brief for from mm -hmm. from clients where we need to make sure that we're thinking about that because that will be a big part of it. We want to give a set of influencers or creators that we've been talking to uh, who are rallied around the launch of this movie or whatever it might be. We want to give them also a special experience. So it might be that like, all right, we're going to open this, this activation up at South by Southwest. It will be this for everybody who's, who's willing to stand in the line or uh, registers beforehand. But then for maybe a select group of creators, we're going to bring them in maybe the day before or at at night or whatever it might be after hours and create maybe something special for them. Um, which, you know, it, we want to make sure we're sensitive to like the influencer experience should really look like what the consumer might go through. Cause we want people to be really excited about the thing that we did, but try to find that balance, but also create something that's going to be special that as a, as an influencer with their crew is coming through and filming this, make sure it's set up to be looked at through uh, a, a, a phone. Um, so that's, it's probably, if anything, that's the impact that we're seeing today. I don't think it's, it's negatively impacting anything at the moment. Uh, experiential is a great place for you to create that kind of content. And it, it always was. And it, it, as long as, uh, these platforms exist and flourish, it'll still be a great place where clients can look to create a moment that then sure creators can amplify, uh, through their graph as well. All right. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, I was I was glad to get like the full grok rundown because there are things <laughs> that like I've always I've always assumed things worked a certain way yeah. and 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 but getting to talk to you, getting to getting to hear it, you know, straight from the top of this mountain, uh, sure. it it, uh, it it gives me some confidence that I'm that I'm not just talking out my butt all the time <laughs> when I talk out. Talk about experiential sure. marketing. Um, I don't know how else. Appreciate it. Could have put that a different way, but you know, you, you're the agency that okay. stirs shit up. So you know, like there you go. Um. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. I'm happy to be here, and always happy to pull back the curtain a little bit. So thank you. again i want to thank mark simons for being our guest on the show that was the first time mark and i have sat down and talked since uh the second immersive design summit 
back in 2019 when I had him on stage with David Wally of Myco2 uh, talking about South by Southwest world amongst other things. And uh, as soon as I can, I'm going to, I'm going to go rifle through his brain again. I I didn't know he was uh, often in Los Angeles. So uh, that's going to happen. I'm going to get coffee and I'm going to, Gonna pick Mark's brain. Um, and hey, do check out the call sheet because uh, Giant Spoon, they are hiring. And uh, maybe you've got some skills they can use. You're, you're listening to this podcast? I bet you might. There's a, there's a fair amount of chance you might have some skills they can use. So there you go. All right. Um, speaking of... Uh, events of the past, uh, summits, uh, if you will, talk that talked about immersive design uh, and all things immersive. Uh, we've got one coming up this June, the 2nd through 4th, uh, in downtown Los Angeles at uh, the historic Herald Examiner Building, which is now the home of Arizona State University's California Center, which we're able to be in thanks to our friends at ASU's Herberger Institute for Design and the Arts, specifically uh, Jake Pinholster over there, who's the founding director of the Mix Center in uh, Mesa, Arizona. That's the Media and Immersive Experience Center, C-M-I-X. And uh, we found a great partner in Jake, and there's going to be some other uh, fun events that we're we're helping out with on their side. So he's helping out with our event. We're going to help out with some events he's doing. All very exciting. There's some other partners we've got going on. There's some other folks who we've done events with before who are going to have more events. There's, There's events. There's events. Oh, and you know, you know, I love them. I live, I live to bring us all together uh, to do this. So let me tell you about who we've got announced so far. Now this isn't everybody, all right? There's, there's some people already in my back pocket that we're going to want to let you know about soon. Uh, we've got some other people that we're talking to. Uh, we're trying to wrangle up and get some, some more goodness for you. Uh, that those conversations are going to keep on going. So expect the announcements to keep on rolling, rolling into April, you know, rolling probably say about this time in April, we, we should have everybody rolled up and announced, uh, by then and, and be able to tell you exactly what's going on with the workshop form. So the second through the fourth at ASU's California center, Friday is going to be workshop day. So, uh, and that's going to be for just a part of the summit community and then Saturday and Sunday, that's going to be everybody together. That's, that's all access. There's only going to be 200 badges overall. 160 are on the full price side and 20 and 20 subsidized and sponsorship. I'm going to break that down a little bit more in a moment because I meant to tell you about who's talking and I instantly started going into the logistics because unfortunately my brain just always goes towards logistics. I don't know why. All right. Here's our first wave of speakers, okay? First wave of guests. First off, uh, ASU's own Nani de la Pena, uh, who, if you know XR, you know Nani's name, all right? It was at Nani's lab that the seeds of the current VR and XR revolution were born uh, at USC over uh, in, at Sundance years ago, all right? Like it all spurs, stems from there. Um, and these days, uh, 
Nani is leading ASU's narrative and emerging media program, and she's teaching there at the ASU uh, California Center in DTLA. They've got a whole volumetric capture stage, uh, which if you've never seen a volumetric capture stage, well, come on down to the next stage. It will show you what it is so it's everything I dreamed of. Um, we've also got Amy Ashton, who is a producer of La, Ho- La Jolla Playhouse's Without Walls Festival. We have Julie and Alex Abin of Atier Abin. I said that wrong, I bet. I got the name right, but I get the other word. I'm not going to say it again. They've worked with Punch Drunk, with Amazon Prime Video, and singer John Baptiste. Uh, you have seen, if you've been to Sleep No More or Burnt City, you've seen their work. Uh, and and uh, for, for years now, people have been telling me uh, about them. And I got to talk with them uh, on the lead up uh, to assembling all this. And we just we just had the grandest conversation. So really looking forward to all of you getting to meet them. Scarlett Kim, who's the Director of Innovation and Strategy at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Scarlett was a guest on the show not too long ago. Michaela Ternesky-Holland, who uh, some of you may know has been a part of the NoPro family for a very long time. Uh, and others of you know that uh, she's an Emmy, Webby, and Sheffield DocFest award-winning XR storyteller, these days working with Games for Change. Uh, and Michaela's going to lead uh, an impact salon we're doing. And also uh, give us like a big in-depth, uh, some in-depth reports gonna gonna be coming through with Michaela about the work uh, that she's been doing over at Games for Change. Some really exciting stuff. Uh, and Candlehouse Collective artistic director Evan Nyden, for those of you who are addicted to things like uh, Linux Mutual. But uh, that's that's the first folks we announced, and then this week we added two more speakers. Uh, the first is David Israel Reynoso. Um, who, again, a lot of you possibly know from his work on uh, Sleep No More for Punch Drunk and also uh, his work on The Burnt City. Uh, Or uh, those of you who are here in Southern California, maybe you've been lucky enough to go down to San Diego and uh, uh, catch some of the work he's done uh, with his company Optica Moderna. Uh, Those pieces that David's been doing, uh, Las Quinceaneras and Waking La Llorona, um, just some of the most stunning, immersive pieces I've ever had the pleasure of experiencing. Uh, and he's going to be fresh off of his new project that's happening in San Diego that's launching Without, without Walls this year, uh, that is La Lucha, which is going to be the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, and is probably one of the, like, well, it is, it's one of the top, 10 shows we're looking forward to in 2023 and David's coming to talk and he just, he knows so much about designing immersive and creating and directing immersive theater. And just the, the way he looks at the world is so cool. Uh, and I'm very excited that uh, he gets to talk and, and everyone's going to get a chance to meet him and, and just kind of like absorb some of his wisdom and, and knowledge. Um, and Margaret Carrison, uh, who we had booked for 2022. Margaret literally wrote the book on immersive storytelling. That um, would be Immersive Storytelling for Real and Imagined Worlds, a writer's guide. Margaret's going to be on the Sunday of the summit in a fireside conversation about the book, about immersive storytelling. Uh, and for those of you who haven't gotten the book and want to know a little bit more about Margaret, uh, you know, Margaret's been uh, a story lead, a story consultant, and a writer on all kinds of projects. 
uh, you know, things like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, Avengers Campus, Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, uh, you know, just things maybe a few people have heard of. Uh, so just a really, really amazing core we have. And there's there's more coming. There's folks from uh, the just I'm no, I'm not going to break it down. I'm not going to break it down because if I break it down, I'm going to start wanting to tell you things. And I want to, you know, show in my hand and I'm going to play it a little close to the vest because we've got a few more layers to go because the pre-sale starts this weekend. And uh, right now, if you held a badge for 2020 or 2022, an in-person badge for 2020 or 2022, uh, you should, you will have gotten an email from me. Uh, So check your spam filters, please. Um, Telling you how to claim either your access or your discount code. We've also blasted that out on the website and on the social media. And we've had we've had a a good number of you reach out already, uh, but not nearly all the people who could. All right. So if you're hearing this right now and you were a badge holder and you were like, hey, I do want to go. Uh, please check your email uh, or just you know click through on the show notes uh, because uh, we have the links to how to get the codes there. All right. Um, let's talk about how the badges work. So the summit badge this year is $500. That is the core price. That is for Saturday and Sunday all access and an invite into our Friday affinity dinner cycle. There is also, uh, we're going to look into opening up some of the spaces at the venue that are not being used for workshop for more casual connection meetups, uh, some demos. Some people may bring some some interesting you know doodads and whatnots uh, to check out. We will not be doing a full festival this year, however. That was that was not part of the plan. Um, it's just we we're turning this thing around too fast. The workshops, which are on Friday, there's two ways, uh, two, two ways that the workshops are going to work. People who are getting subsidized or scholarship badges, and again, we only have 20 of each of those, so just 40 in total, they're just in the workshop, right? If you got that, you're in the workshop. Uh, if, you, uh, if you didn't, though, uh, it's $100, and there are only 60 of those, right? So just 60 badges, 60 workshop passes. We're doing this because we're trying to keep the class size tight and we, we, we don't have like, you know, an infinite amount of space to do it. And we also don't necessarily think that everyone's going to want to do all the workshops. Maybe we're wrong. I mean, we'll find out we're wrong. Um, but 60 of those are going to go on sale. Uh, when you buy a full price badge, you will have the option to buy a workshop. Everything works the way it's supposed to do. Uh, I'm not making this site this year. So, um, you know, crossing my fingers, uh, <laughs> if it works out right. You should be able to buy the workshop badge right then. Or if you want to wait and see how the workshops are going, you can hold out. Um, I suspect we're going to sell all, all the way through. There is a very small chance that there will be workshop badges available, uh, separate from full badges in May, but don't count on it. That's just, that's not the way. That's not the way to go. Also, you're gonna go. You're gonna want to be there for the whole thing. Now, uh, subsidized badges are two hundred fifty dollars. That is by application. 
uh, and it gets you, like I said, everything, right? Only 20 of those, though, all right? So there's pretty stiff competition there. And then scholarship badges, again, only 20, those are free. These are, we're targeting these because there's so few to students and to really early in your career folks, all right? Like people just starting out who, who are showing some promise. Um, subsidized badges are going to be for those who are kind of like in a bit of a financial bind, uh, you know, having, having, a, having off year and whatnot. But just know we're, we're really looking really carefully at this because there are so few. So it's pretty fierce competition. The other side of it is uh, if you were a 2020 badge holder, all right, if you had a badge holder to the ill-fated Here Summit and Festival in March of the cursed year, uh, you are entitled to a $150 discount, right? So the price for your badge is only $350. Here's the trick to it all, right? We have 160 badges. We sold 200 badges to that summit and festival, right? So if everyone bought a badge who could possibly buy a badge, well, actually we couldn't, and there's more people than that. So it is theoretically possible that we will sell everything out um, just to folks who were at the 2020. But remember, whether you're at the 2020 or the 2022, you got a chance before everyone else. Starting this weekend, uh, Starting uh, probably early evening on Friday, uh, you'll be able to get uh, the, the ticket site will go live and you'll be able to use the codes. If you want the code, remember, check the show notes, check your email, write me. I send you the code. And then when the link goes live, I'll tell everyone, hey, the link's live and you can go buy. It will be exclusive to all of you until the morning of March 27th. And then we open it up to general admission. We open it up to everybody and their mom um, and see what happens. So if you want to secure, if you want to make sure, uh, you know you want to go, this first week, is, if you've been before or if you mailed a ticket for the ones before, if you've, you went to one of the IDSs and you didn't go try to go to the next day, just like you, you got you to wait. But if you, if you held a badge, right, if you held a badge, this is your week. After that, it'll be open to everybody. Uh, and subsidized and scholarship applications are open right now, right? So you can, you can get access right now. Uh, we will award those in early April. All right. So the deadline for those applications are March 31st. So get on that. All right. I took a very long time to explain that because I'm tired. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to let you go. I hope that explains everything. I basically read off the website. I saw some formatting stuff I want to go fix now. <laughs> I'm going to do that. There's a carriage return missing here and there uh, and some bolds that didn't happen. Um, it's been a rough week. <laughs> and I'm doing my best. So let's do the credits for the show. The associate producer of No Persinium is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society and Solar the Podcast. 
Special thanks to Siobhan O'Loughlin for voicing our intro. The No Pro Podcast is written, edited, hosted, produced, and mixed by yours truly, Noah Nelson. Wait, I'm not supposed to say my name yet. Now I say, I'm Noah Nelson, and until next time, I'll see you at the show.